All right. Good morning. If you want to wrap up your conversations. Amazing. Thanks for being here. Continue those, though. Afterwards, drink all the coffee and the treats. We have treats. Heights Bakery gave us a bunch of treats today. So if uh, so, go to Heights Bakery. Uh, it really is the greatest bakery in the world. Uh, we're glad you're here. Hopefully an, uh, an opportunity to meet someone new um, or maybe get to know someone a little better. We're going to figure out the clicker issue. I found it. Brendan, I found the one that works. <sighs> we're all good. That's the worst thing that happens today. Uh, we're really, I'm really thrilled that you're here. I am excited to share with you uh, a moment that brings me uh, great joy, but I want to give you a little story so you understand why that moment brings me great joy. This is, before we get there, this is what we've been praying, a group of us that have been getting ready to launch this church have been praying for a while, since at least the summer. I'm actually, uh, we printed huge maps of Columbia Heights and Fridley and we, with these, these words on it, and we've been praying and highlighting where we pray and been praying for every house and every street and every uh, business and park. And my kids like to pray for lakes. So a lot of lakes, <laughs> a lot of lakes have been in prayers and the animals that live in those lakes, which has been awesome. Uh, we've been seeing the ducks flourish at the lake by our house over here. Um, and, and today, my hope is to explain why we've been praying that, that prayer. But I want to share with you first my moment. Um, I get the benefit of having a microphone, so you get to hear my uh, moment. My moment starts uh, way, way back, but we're going to just start here with uh, a church called uh, Hope Community Church that was planted in 1996 in downtown Minneapolis um, that still exists there. Uh, it was planted actually not downtown, but on the campus uh, of the U of M in order to connect and reach college students and care for college students uh, at the U of M and eventually that grew and where they were given a building and all this, a lot of cool history there. But they um, had this mission, this dream of starting a church that college students could connect to and other people. Um, and that happened. And they eventually moved downtown Minneapolis right across the street from the U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, and that church had a vision to see more churches planted so that they weren't the only expression of the church and see churches in different neighborhoods that look different, that would connect to different people. And so they planted a lot of churches um, in the last uh, few years. And uh, those churches are all over in, in Minneapolis and helped to start, a lot of those churches have been started, uh, granddaughter churches of Hope Community Church. And then a few years ago, Hope decided to start another church that would still be connected to Hope. So it's another location of Hope, but a different expression of Hope, and that was planted in Lower Town. So right this morning, there uh, people are meeting downtown at, at Hope Community Church. People are meeting downtown St. Paul at uh, Hope Community Church, Lower Town. And as of this morning, people are meeting in Columbia Heights at Hope Community Church. Uh, and so we are. Uh, welcome to Hope Community Church, Columbia Heights, the longest name, I think, <laughs> of any church. Uh, and uh, we've been saying Hope Heights to help a little bit with the alliteration and the length. Um, and so uh, this has been a dream of ours. My wife and I moved to Columbia Heights about three and a half years ago. We live a few blocks from here and have loved this community. Our kids uh, play in this gym because they go to school here and... Um, We've loved it, and pretty quickly moving here, we had this uh, dream of what it looked like to have a church here in our in our community that could care well for our community, um, and it's today. And so uh, it's happening today, and so we've gathered people who want to help with that um, from Hope Community Church and, and other places, and we've been meeting and, and figuring out what that would look like and learning how to set chairs up and, 
and hook sound systems up and make coffee and big percolators and all sorts of things so that today could happen, and we're thrilled. Um, and so uh, as corny as it sounds, this for me, I will say for years, if someone says, what's a moment that's brought you joy, uh, you're in it. You guys are in it right now. I think we're experiencing that. I'm experiencing that moment at least. Um, thanks for being here, and, and we're excited that today is kind of our birthday. So congratulations. It's a church. Uh, <laughs> We're here. We, we made it. Well, we made it. So far, we've made it half a Sunday. So we've existed for half a Sunday. Um, but, but getting back, uh, wh- why is it that we want people so much to experience great joy? Um, and it comes from this verse that's kind of been a, a verse that's guided me and others the last uh, while here. Uh, a few summers ago, I read through the book of Acts a few times as just a summer thing to do, Um, and this verse really had stuck out to me and continues to, so we're going to read this. If you have Bibles and you want to open them, or all the words will be on the screen uh, for us here. Let me pray really quick as we get get rolling here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be in a room together. Uh, What joy you bring as people gather to worship you, and um, I pray that now as we open your word, as we think about what it looks like to have joy, that you would uh, bless us and you would give us joy and that we would encourage one another and give each other joy. Uh, thanks for this moment, uh, and I pray that we would enjoy it together. Amen. All right, so this is Acts 8, uh, and uh, what happened was uh, people were being persecuted, and they were scattered all over uh, because uh, Saul uh, was killing uh, Christians at this point in, in Acts. So uh, let's, let's get after it. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city and Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For his shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So why was there great joy in that city? We've been focusing on this verse, but it doesn't just come because uh, everybody in that city found things they enjoyed doing or they... Uh, just mustered up the joy, like, I'm just happy now, Um, or they got enough likes on their Instagram account. Um, Something happens before this, so Philip goes into town and he shares with them about the Messiah. He says, there's hope uh, for those who are paralyzed and lame, those who have impure spirits in them, there's someone who's powerful enough to tell those things to leave and to heal. And people were healed. And uh, new life was brought to this town. Because of what Jesus had done and because of what Jesus had done, there was great joy. So there's an order to this. Because of what Jesus had done, there was great joy in this city. And that has been our hope. It's not just that there would be great joy here, but it'd be um, out of people experiencing the healing of Christ in their lives and darkness being pushed out of people's lives. Um, and so we're excited that people can experience great joy. And the city actually was so excited about this that I made stickers so there's only, I think, 50 of them, so you got to run for this. But there's some on the table if, if you want to hold on to this. This has been something that's, that's really directed even my interactions with people around me. As I've, I've walked into Heights Bakery to buy one of their delicious donuts. They don't pay us anything, but I just love them. That place, we're not sponsored by them. Um, but to go in and say, I, I often think, how can I bring great joy in this moment? Just, just buying a donut from someone. Um, and I'm excited to do that. Um, an illustration for me that helps me think about this is a few years ago, I um, 
had the opportunity, I don't know if opportunity is the, the word, but I had, had uh, open heart surgery. Opportunity is not the word. I got to, <laughs> I got to experience open heart surgery. And here's how what led up to it. I actually was uh, having issues. I was feeling like just exhausted and having some other health concerns that were uh, affecting my body. And, and what I would do is to try other things. I had a friend who sent me like a bottle of vitamin B. He's like, just take tons of vitamin B and that'll help. Uh, lots of like Red Bull energy drink recommendations. I started trying, trying to drink coffee. I didn't like coffee, but I was told coffee will solve your problem. Um, so this is my Bitmoji. I'm very proud of. I tried to wear the shirt that matches it today so you can really, you can really get it. I just noticed this morning this. It's so lame, but uh, I, I kind of, I, I not always, but I felt sometimes like, wow, I can barely uh, hold on. In that process, we had adopted our girls and having kids in the house added uh, uh, to the drain of that. And so I often would just have coffee or tea with caffeine uh, would be a thing that I w- was using. And it was like a quick thing that I would bring me kind of life for a moment. I would go, oh, okay, I think I'm doing okay. And it wear off. Uh, and I think that can be a little bit of what we think could bring joy to our city. Quick actions that cause maybe temporary or short-term joy to be brought to people, like real satisfying contentment in people. And then I went to the doctor because I actually kind of had like an asthma attack, but I thought it was a heart attack. And he said, oh, it's not, it's not your heart, it's your lungs, which isn't good news either. But uh, he said, but your heart sounds really bad. It sounds strange. It beats weird. I went in and through a series of events, I ended up having open heart surgery. I have a really sweet plastic valve now. Uh, in my heart, that's the, it's just the coolest. Um, and so what happened to me was my heart changed, right? They, my heart, it, they, didn't, they didn't like put an IV of coffee in me or Red Bull. I literally had my heart stopped and they lit, like fixed my heart and my heart beat better and cleaner and stronger in my heart. I woke up from heart surgery, which is pretty intense, very traumatic, and I felt more awake and more alive. Even with all the issues of like just being wore out and hurting from them doing that, I still, my heart was working. And so it changed. All of a sudden, my days were different because everything I did and all that I was doing, my heart changed how I re- interacted with people, interacted with my kids, how awake I felt how excited I was to do things that I wasn't before, uh, how much I didn't just long for bedtime um, because my heart um, had changed. It's a little graphic. They didn't like pull my heart out of my chest, if you're wondering. This isn't uh, real. This is a cartoon. Um, and that's, that's my hope today is to explain to us uh, this joy thing I'm talking about isn't uh, how, could we, how, how could we come to our city and quickly help some people feel better or feel happy? Or just say, yeah, yeah, way to go. Can we just drive down the street and like give thumbs up? And they're like, thanks. Um, how can we actually help people hearts change so that there's, a, there's an all the time change in them? And I think with this joy comes some really important things. And that's why we want to bring joy. Not because we just want people to feel good. We want people's whole being to change in who they are. And so that's my hope. Um, if I do have notes. I forgot to say there's some notes if you got handed that. If you're someone who likes to follow notes, otherwise just, there's no more bitmojis. So you could just follow along. Oh, oh yeah. I think I got a yeah too. So I got the pro and con bitmojis. Um, the first thing I think that joy brings, with this joy comes at the foundation, I think, a contentment. Um, 
It comes a uh, being okay with where we're at because we've actually been provided with all that we need. Uh, in who Jesus is. The, uh, many of you have probably seen this is Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. There's a new updated one. This is the new hierarchy of needs. Uh, these are the parts uh, that uh, have been researched and, and people use uh, all over just to say, like, basically, here's what it is. We've looked at humans and how people interact and, and what people need. These are the things that people need in their life. And I would say, I, I think these are things people need in their life. And what's really cool is that in Christ, as we hear about the Messiah, and he heals us and our hearts change, we realize uh, things, basic needs are provided for, or, or we have opportunities to do that with people. Our safety and security is provided for in Christ in that we know whatever happens to me, even if it's death, I still am secure in who he is. Uh, longing and belonging, feeling loved. Often in scripture we hear, because God loves us so much, he did these things for us. We get the opportunity to know uh, in the gospel that love uh, is the motivator of our God. So he loves me and I'm loved and I don't get the choice to be unloved because he loves, loves me. When I'm feeling unloved, I can be reminded of that is fulfilled in Christ, in God and what he's done. Feeling of accomplishment, our full potential, a sense of meaning, or I'll feel not only does God save us, rescue us, heal us, but he calls us his sons and daughters. He makes us his family. The, the, the being, the creator of the universe calls you his son, his family. Like there's not more accomplishment than that. Nothing that I'll ever pursue or succeed in will become close to being called family with God. Um, and not only that, he gives us a meeting. He doesn't just make us family and then we sit around and wait for him to come day and return and make things right, but he actually gives us a purpose and a mission to do great things. I'm now freed up because I don't have to spend my days uh, trying to succeed, trying to grab new things and get new things and find joy. I have it in him. I get the opportunity now to move out and care for others. We get the opportunity to bring joy to our neighborhood, uh, to our city and we see that uh, here in Philippians 4. We're going to look at Philippians a lot today. It's a book of a lot of joy. Um, in Philippians 4, we learn, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty, and I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether being well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Sometimes this passage is used uh, a lot, actually, like on a bumper sticker, I can do all things through Christ. As a kid, I remember this is the passage that I uh, remembered because I thought what it means is Jesus like can give me superpowers to go do great things. When instead of us thinking in that light, Jesus is going to give me superpowers to go do things, he actually is giving me the power to just do the things I'm doing and be content in them, which is pretty powerful. Uh, I, I love this uh, this commentary on the on the Bible has been really helpful for me. Uh, and Dr. Uh, Adeyemo, I always say that wrong, but is, is great, this great uh, thought on this. We have much to learn from him. He's talking about this passage and what Paul says. As individuals, we experience gain and loss. Communally, we experience social unheaval, epidemics, poverty, natural disasters, both internal and external strife. To live contentedly. In the good times as well as the bad times, we need the Lord who always remains the same, continually gives us his strength. We can be content because God remains the same. 
and gives us strength. So with joy comes contentment. I think out of that comes lots of other things. One of those comes that we uh, get to rejoice with others. It actually brings unity to us because when we're content, we're not in competition anymore. So we get to read in Philippians 2 uh, what that looks like. Therefore, if we have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness, compassion, then have my joy complete. So he's saying my joy would be completed by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, one in mind. So community, our connectedness is actually a part of this too. We don't want people to have joy just for themselves, but because with joy comes an opportunity to be together. And with people who want to be with you and care for you, that we get to support and care for each other. Just to have a family is a really uh, amazing thing. To know you have family, uh, not, not necessarily just biological family, but people who call you family changes your life. It changes how you go about your day when you know you're not alone. Not just alone because God is with you, but not alone because his family is with you. And with that, I think uh, we don't want to, I don't want to assume this because I think this is a really important part of of the joy that brings contentment and brings rejoicing with people, but we also get the opportunity to rejoice for others. This This is a hard one. We get the opportunity to rejoice with people others and for them, cheer them on, even when they have things that we think maybe we should have gotten or that we deserve. We just continue in that passage. The next thing that he writes is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Our hearts being transformed with the gospel and this joy, this great joy coming can give us the power to actually value other people greater than ourselves, not looking to our own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And he goes on here to explain the same mindset as Christ means, do you remember that Christ actually uh, stepped down from his, his royal seat in heaven and came to earth to suffer and die so that we could be part of his family? That's the mindset we get to have as we experience joy in Christ, is that we get to move towards people, even if it means stepping out of our spot or our privilege. We get to value others above ourselves. With joy comes setting aside our interests so that we can help others maybe succeed, or maybe not even succeed, but just survive. We get to help people as we see them on the side of the road, Instead of being rulers of the land and our mission to be the greatest, we get to help stop and pull people out of the mud and ask them to join us for dinner and be a part of the family. We get to step down and help others. And there's a lot of joy in that. This is one one of the hardest ones. For me, it's hard to see someone succeed. Uh, Publicly, it's not hard. I can fake that I'm excited for someone. Uh, maybe I'm alone in this, but I, I, I can see someone, especially like in the realm of social media, see a picture of someone, uh, like like right now maybe on a beach somewhere, like this this week, and uh, they're not here, so they don't know. Talking about them, but we're all thinking about them. They're on a beach and it's warm, and they're like, "This is such a good week. I love that my company gives me a month off every year." And uh, you think, "Oh, that's great for you." 
hearts, right? And I'm like, who, who do they think they are? <laughs> I'm working really hard. I should get a beach vacation for a month. I'm sure they're not there for a month, right? They're there for a few days. I should be able to say, I'm thrilled that you get a break. Uh, it's, it's hard. But, but Christ gives us the power to do that. If we can lean into him and hold on to him. Um, we, we get the opportunity to say, hey, that other church in the other town or down the street is doing some really cool stuff. And that's really good. I'm really, really thankful people are connected. They're genuinely excited for that. And I have to feel competitive that my goal is to succeed and I have to fight all those around me to make sure I get the best or do the best. With that joy comes rejoicing for others and what a gift it would be to free people from that, to free us from that. That seems like uh, a bit of uh, uh, something that, that it enslaves me at times is the constant feeling of I, ha- I can't be joyful for others uh, because I, I need to compete to be better than them. And that, that joy can free people. That is a gift we can bring to our community. Also joy comes comfort in pain, not, not relief of pain, but it does come uh, uh, handling pain and seeing it differently. And this is, uh, this is what we hear about Jesus handling this. And if we're united and connected to him, then we get the same opportunity. In Hebrews, we hear, for the joy set before him. So he's, he's looking ahead to his, the joy. He endured the cross, suffered and died for us, scorning its shame, the weight that was on him. And he sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. What a, what a quick little gospel, huh? Jesus knew what would happen, the joy that would come from being able to make all of us family. And so he was able to endure the cross and suffer. It's scorning its shame. He was able to do that and then rise from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God. But knowing that he was able to look forward in that suffering, and we too have the opportunity to look forward in that. Tim Keller, uh, in his book on suffering, which has been really helpful um, to me, says this, while other worldviews lead us to, to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrow. So we sit in our current joys, things we're doing, ways we're finding joy, looking forward to knowing that sorrows are coming. But Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of the world's sorrows, in the brokenness that we are in, tasting the coming joy. Is that good? So gospel joy actually leads us to lifting our heads from the current pain that we're in, and looking up to a time when God will make things right. He'll return and there will not, no longer be sorrow. Evil will get its justice and we can uh, be one with him, family again, like it once was in the garden. So that joy that we want to bring to our community is so that people can find comfort in sorrow and in, in pain and in suffering. Actually, uh, at Hope here, starting in just a few weeks, we're going to be starting a series in Job, which is a great start a church series, I guess, as a whole church. At all of our locations, we'll be talking about Job. Uh, and there'll be a little talk about suffering in there, uh, in the book of Job a lot. And uh, we're hopefully going to hear from people in our own church on how they have worked through suffering. And this is one of the themes we're excited to think about, what it looks like to lift our heads to what is to come.
And lastly, uh, one of the last things, there's other things, but this is one of the last ones that I've been very encouraged by, is that with joy comes rest. And I don't just mean uh, physical rest, um, maybe, but I just mean, like, what if your whole being, your soul rested? Um, I often can feel restless, and this joy can bring rest to people. We're back in Philippians as we hear more about what this peace will look like. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident in all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We can go to God with these things that we have that cause unrest in us. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, we present these things to God. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. We, we don't even understand how it works. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what we saw happen with Philip. He went into a city and he explained to them, there's a God who loves you and provides for you, who doesn't leave, who's strong and powerful, more powerful than the pain and the suffering that you're in, the anxiety that you're in. And they're able to present that to God and he's able to heal them and bring this peace that transcends even their understanding. This really comes full circle for us because it comes back to an opportunity really to rest and be content. Being content has some element for sure of being just rested. I actually, yes, just yesterday I got to talk to friends about um, this, great, uh, this great thing they do. They uh, take a Sabbath, right? Maybe many of us have heard this word, Sabbath. Maybe as a kid, Sabbath was like a, not a good word uh, for you in your house. Um, I, I know I have friends who grew up in a, in a community where Sabbath meant like everyone hid in their homes and no one worked. You didn't like use your oven. You slept all day. If you did work, you didn't let anyone know because Sabbath was this connection to this like uh, God doesn't want you to do anything and you should follow some rules so that um, God is happy. What I'm talking about here is Sabbath in just the fact that we rest, that God's got this. We rest in God's sweet, sweet provision. And yesterday we were talking, I was talking to these friends who said they've been trying to actually do that better. Say, we're going to actually set some time aside to say, you know what, God, you're, you're good and you've got this and I can rest in that. And I'm going to set my phone aside and I'm just going to enjoy a meal and just sit and like talk with family and, uh, and, and have conversations about how like, it's going to be okay. If we don't get this thing done, it's going to be okay. And if I don't succeed in this way, it's going to be okay. And if my kids don't turn out this way, it's going to be okay. That's a gift. And that's the kind of joy we want to bring to our city, the gift that has been given to us in Christ, that we can sit down and take a breath and know that God has it under control. And that might mean because God's family is there with you, helping you have it under control. What would people's days look like in our community if they could take a breath and feel rest? And some of that unrest would be relieved this is why we want to bring joy to our city, to see the gift of Christ heal, cast out evil, fill lives with joy, contentment, unity, rejoicing with and for people, comfort and pain, and just great rest. Um, I'm excited about this. As we, as we wrap uh, this time up and get some opportunity to worship more, I, this week my wife showed me a video. It was one of these moments where we were sitting on the couch uh, separately on our phones watching videos having some quality marriage time. <laughs> and uh, she showed me this video that then I saw like everywhere. It was one of those videos that, you know, 
goes viral. And I think it really helps us understand. This is it hopefully help us give us a little illustration of what th this will look like in our own lives. So if, it's only 30 seconds, so please enjoy. Ice cream for her birthday party. Quickly, let go. Let go. Let go. Yes. <laughs> I get it. I get that. Legally, let go. Let go. Let go. That's a death grip on ice cream. It makes me so happy. Because I get it. I get it, right? Uh, I, I think this is supposed to be the first time this kid has eaten ice cream. Um, and I think none of us remember that moment, but I bet we all reacted that way. <laughs> the first time you had... Oh, the eyes and the face. It's so, it's amazing, right? Look at this. Oh, then look at this joy, right? Are you ready for this? This child, right, gets to see this. Doesn't even really know what it's about to get. And then gets a taste of it. And the eyes, right? And, uh, and then, I mean, just enjoys it, right? Just tastes it and enjoys it. And that pure joy, like the, you hear, see the eyes, they're like resting. Like it's so joyful that the kids will have to fall asleep. It's like just pure ecstasy. Look at those fingers. Like no one's letting go of this thing, right? This is, for us, this is my encouragement to us today, that this, to, to taste and see how good the Lord really is. And then to not let go. To, to hold on with that grip and enjoy the Lord and out of that joy will come contentment and rejoicing with others and for others. Opportunities to be generous uh, with one another uh, that will flow out of that. But, but even uh, the beginning of that needs to be this, uh, this holding on, clinging to Jesus and enjoying him. And that's where our joy will start. It can't just be us finding thing after thing, getting new cups of coffee and different types of coffee to get these short joys, but to cling to him and out of it will come joy. And, and this video brings up one other thing that I want to talk about as we, as we finish here, is that we need to watch out for joy thieves. <laughs> this, I assume it's this kid's dad. This kid's dad is trying to stop this amazing moment from happening. Did you hear it? Let go, let go. Let the kid enjoy this sweet, I think the dad wants the ice cream too. I would guess, I would hope he didn't buy that kid that giant <laughs> scoop of ice cream. I want to remind us of just a moment that this happened because I think not only can we pursue uh, Christ and find this joy but, and help others, but there are, um, uh, are, whether people or things or ourselves who are going to try to steal that joy and ultimately they're going to try to say, uh, let go, let go, let go of that and find joy somewhere else. Let go of that, uh, of Jesus. And so I want to show us a moment of it. I found the worst picture I've ever found of uh, the Adam and Eve story. <laughs> and I've been excited to share it. Uh, a few other things just to highlight. Are they closed? I don't, I don't remember that part in scripture. Also, this, the snake, I think, was just superimposed on here. He doesn't look natural to the tree. The snake also has wings. <laughs> Pretty wild, huh? It must be some kind of angel Satan thing. I'm not sure. I didn't have time to research why people put wings on snakes, but 
that is a lot scarier snake to me than a regular snake if snakes had wings. So it's doing its job of scaring me away from Satan the snake. Could you imagine if snakes had wings? They could fly if a snake flew in here right now? You'd lose your minds. Oh, there's these people squirming? Anyway, that has nothing to do. I just found it. I couldn't believe this was created. I want you to imagine this moment, though. I'm just going to read you this uh, the, 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 one of these moments uh, where I think uh, a joy thief appears as a flying snake. Uh, but I want you to hear what's happening in this. If you remember, God creates the world. He creates his people. They're in paradise with him, alongside him, enjoying him, tending to the garden, enjoying its fruit. And he says, there's one tree that we like, uh, I'd like you to not eat from. But you have the rest of the garden. They say, okay. And then uh, they're by the tree one day, clothed, apparently, at that moment. And uh, this snake shows up and talks to them. Here's what he says. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging from all that's good to all that's evil. When the woman saw the tree, it looked so good to eat and realized what she'd get from it and that she'd know everything. She took and ate that fruit and she gave some to her husband and they ate the fruit together. Immediately, the two of them did see what's going on. They saw themselves naked. All right, so there you go. His wife hid in the trees, and Adam hid from God. And God then said to the man, where are you? Now they're hiding from God. They're not with God anymore. God said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid. There's shame now. They now feel shame. It wasn't there before. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? Man said, the woman gave me it, and you gave her to me as a companion. He, bl he blames her right away. There's now disunity. No longer rejoicing for or with one another. It's her fault, and God, it's your fault. So in a moment, they believed that God was not for them, that God had something that he didn't want to share with them, that they should know that they could be, be God and they didn't want each other. They turned against each other and they let go. And they let go. I think this is what we need to watch out for in our lives. Not, not necessarily people who are trying to make you unhappy, people who are trying to at, tell you to let go of the thing that brings you joy. I don't know if that is... Uh, a flying snake? Hopefully not. Please tell me if that's a real thing. <laughs> I want to watch out. Um, who, who is that, though, in your life? You, that might be a real person in your life. That, that might be internally. For me, that's often internally. Let go of that. This other thing will bring you more joy. Um, Satan wants that, and, and uh, he would love, for, if nothing more, than for you to, to not cling to Jesus, right? <laughs> and each day we get to have this experience. We get to go, Oh my goodness, through, through reading scripture and being with friends and praying for one another. And we get to taste and see and enjoy. And out of that joy can come all these great 
great things, and that's really good news. And we are thrilled uh, to be able to do that here in Columbia Heights in Fridley and in our community and help people find joy. And not necessarily just in them opening scripture with us or, or hearing us pray or even sharing the gospel with them, but through actually just bringing those things to them. Uh, one of the opportunities, we've had some people already in our church have gotten excited to, to care for the families uh, and the teachers here at the school. We want to not just be partners. Uh, we want to not just rent this building. We don't just pay money and use the space and leave, but we want to be partners and care for the school we're in. Um, and so we have oper- we've already had opportunities to do this. We had Christmas, some of us already got to buy gifts for people, and uh, we already this week have a list of things that teachers need to help students or that students need uh, that we can help provide for, we can support families. We have a, there's a little blue basket over here on a cool blue stool. Uh, if, if you're up for that already, to help uh, care and bring joy and, and even show people what it looks like to be in the family of God, there's little note cards you can take and take it home and buy some crayons that will bring a little joy to a teacher and a kid. We're going to have opportunities to serve and care for families here at our school. So we get to come in and actually bring that light and bring that joy to people. We get to rejoice for people, uh, which is really exciting. One last thing as we, as we end here, I just want to give us some opportunities to reflect. Um, we're about to have an opportunity to sing together and take communion. And I don't want that just to be a, a thing that we just do because that's what you do at the end of a service. I want to really take some time to stop and reflect. And so here's a few questions. These are also on your sheet. Uh, every week we'll have sheets that have uh, a few further things to reflect on um, that you could take home in your small group or on your ride home or if you get lunch with people after this. Um, you could say, hey, what, what about this? What do you think about this? To continue together as a family, help each other think through this. And these are just a few that came to mind for me. First, do you just know the one who brings joy? And if so, do you cling to him like that child clings to that chunk of ice cream? Do you just enjoy? first start by enjoying him? What area of life do you need, uh, of life are you in need of joy? What area, even these things we talked about, is there one of those that stuck out that, that doesn't happen for me? And what do you need to turn away from so that you can turn to Jesus? Is there some, something or someone who's, who's saying, let go, and, and you're letting go? Uh, who, who do you need to rejoice with today? That could be an everyday question. Write that on your mirror. Who today can I rejoice with? And you know what? Maybe along with that, who needs to hear the great news that brings great joy? Who in your life this week, do you get the opportunity to say, do you know that there's great joy? Let me tell you his name. Uh, we have an opportunity now to respond, and uh, I'm going to pray for us in a moment. Our band's going to come up and lead us in some singing. There's a few ways uh, right now, the last few minutes together, that we have to respond to that good news. Uh, we have communion around the room in the back. There's two tables of communion. There's bread and grape juice. There's gluten-free over here if you need a gluten-free option. Um, you have an opportunity to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus, the thing that, that brings us life, that connects us as a family. Um, and you can do that in the back of the room during this time. Um, right in the beginning, they'll just be playing some instrumental music. Feel free to stand up and take communion. At those communion stations, there'll be people actually available to pray for you. They'll be wearing yellow lanyards that say prayer team and can I pray with you. They would love to just quickly pray for you, even if you just need to say one word, even if you say nothing, you just say, like, shake your head. They'll say, can I pray for you? And you can say, this, <laughs> and they'll pray for you. Um, just to be able to be family together, get prayed for, or pray with the people next to you if, if, if you want. Um, also, we'll be singing and just praising God for, for his goodness. And lastly, you have an opportunity to respond just by giving. Um, 
with our grateful hearts. If, if you'd like to give, you can go on our website to give. Also, there's a, there's a box in the back, a black uh, offering box in the back on, on the communion table. Uh, let me pray for us as we start uh, this time of response together. Lord, you're really good to us. Oh, you love us. And out of that love, you have uh, brought us into your family and reconciled us to you, forgiven us and call us your sons and daughters and you've given us a great mission to bring joy to others. And I pray we would do that. And I pray right now as we reflect, you would give us names of people that you would encourage us and that you may even just bring us contentment and rest as we just sit and, uh, and cling to you. Thank you for this today, this, this moment of joy. And I uh, pray that you would bless this and bless our school and our community and help us love people well. Praise in your good, good name. Amen.